Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. Bond. Bottled in Bond. With all the drinking James Bond did, I'm surprised we never got a line like that. While it may not be the drink of choice for double O agents, it is the choice for drinkers on the show who like a double O proof. 100 proof. So we're going to look a little into this term and see what makes it so special in the spirits world. So grab some whiskey, or maybe something else, and join us as we have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where we cover the week. <laughs> wow. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show about where you learn along with us about what you drink. Where am I even at? I'm Brittany D. Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker, and she's only had one drink, like I'm literally a sip. Killing it. All I was wondering is like, Brittany, how many times have we done this? Apparently you skip a week and all just it uh, all just goes to hell. 138. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> still i mean those are the doing? numbered episodes uh, we're we're getting by <laughs> uh it's yeah it's been a been a weird week uh <coughs> oh the can water ah. yeah honestly i just kind of make it work whenever <laughs> you gotta take turns one of us has to be big cam it's a cropping thing it's like being the big spoon <laughs> <laughs> or the bear on top of the stack I wasn't I was, sure where that sentence was going yeah. until I heard stack. Oh. I was going to say, my mind still took it somewhere else. Whatever. <laughs> we uh, Bear Bears is a completely different show if it was bears. Just because you guys take things in a different place. I mean, I'm just saying they do look all warm and cuddly. Um, yeah, so uh, this week, anything anything notable in the world, in the world of the walkers, yeah, they uh, they installed the sun outside of our bedroom window. Oh, yeah. it's it's amazing. So Thursday night, uh, they were they were repaving Wednesday and Thursday our uh, parking lots. So, but I guess the city in that time decided to come in and change out some street lights, <laughs> and we go to bed fairly early, and like before the sun's down, so wake up in what is the middle of the night for everyone else but pretty much 30 minutes before my alarm goes off it's at like 2 a.m and i'm looking well actually it was like 145 whatever Brittany was up with the baby i didn't know this because somehow i can sleep to the baby crying mm-hmm. she has to wake me up to get me to do anything but i wake up and the room is as bright as though it were daylight 
And I'm I always, was confused. I'm gone to work well before the sun is up. So I wake up going, holy crap, I'm late for work. Like, so late, I don't know how I'm going to salvage this. I'll, I'll <laughs> toss over in the bed and look and see Brittany's not there. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Did she just get up for work and leave me, you know, leave me here? Didn't bother to wake me up? She got, <clears throat> she got raptured. It's the end times. <laughs> I go sprinting into the other room to try and figure out what the hell is going on. And there she is on the couch feeding the baby she just kind of looks at me and i'm like okay uh and then i walk back into the bedroom and i'm like is the sun up what is going on (laughs) and so i walk over and crack the blinds and look out and i'm immediately blinded by this bright ass light that very yellow light yeah it's it's not natural looking like the whole time i'm like is the sun up because this looks weird like i'm dreaming so the light isn't quite right it's as if a spaceship is landing outside yeah in my opinion but yeah that's just you know blaring through the windows and on friday i forgot to call the city so we have to live with it all weekend and call Mm. the city monday morning and complain but when i say it's right outside our window like the alley is what maybe 12 feet across and the light hangs over the alley so it's maybe eight feet from our window yeah okay fair enough <sighs> yeah it's yeah weird. so there was that and what was it we, we watched how to train your dragon three yes and, and oh and then the so uh the reboot for rocco on netflix the the movie i i saw it it existed yeah i, I have not it's watched it's not it. very long but it's also not very worth it mm. <laughs> it's very not, much not very rocco no it's very much, here's a message, we're going to beat you in the face with this message yeah. until the end. You're just like, holy crap, I get the message, and this is just unnecessary. And it's a whole bunch of background, unfunny references to every episode of Rocco. Yeah. Like, it just it doesn't know what it's about except the one message. Mm. Oh, yeah, the Invader Zim thing. Yeah, we did watch the trailer for that. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. That's, for, when is that? The Zim thing's going to be fan- freaking tastic i can't it's no it's this month oh okay okay it's gonna be later this month because uh the rocco thing and invaders M thing were netflix this month the are you afraid of the dark thing is in october yeah Excited no the zim day. thing I, I have high hopes for because um they gave vasquez like full creative control which he did not have <laughs> over the cartoon oh there's gonna be so many organs so they he was explicitly told for the series when it was going he could not incorporate his uh, comic book characters, mainly, mainly meaning Squee and Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. In could, fairness, it's a show on Nickelodeon. Yeah. You don't really want to put something called Johnny the Homicidal Maniac on yeah. Nickelodeon. Someone could get upset. Yeah, so uh, he was, like, for the comeback for this, like, final movie, he's allowed like it was full-on creative control that was his stipulation to come back and do it so he is basically like stamped it and said no get get ready because johnny the homicidal maniac and all the characters i want are going to be making appearances in the invader zim movie so a lot of stuff to look forward to as far as uh, things to watch and we still are behind on several other things so doing really well <laughs> although i did finally finish the new season of queer eye and i'm happy yeah yeah it was a good season it was uh uh, emotionally manipulative, and you shouldn't have a thing with uncles and nieces. Oh my god, it's... that one! I've, yeah, that 
I was like, this one hey. is this one hurts. It's a lot of feels, and there was the, the dog. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Let's, yeah. All right. Let's not. Let's let's, 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 let's yeah. We'll not, get into it. Let's 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 maybe talk about the movie draft instead. I feel like yeah. that might be a well. It's not better news for us, but. <laughs> Welcome to your Movie Draft Minute, presented by DiamondClub.tv, for the week of August 5th, 2019. I'm your host, Big Voice Jay. Oh, my brother missed his interview over at the Sunscreen Factory. Don't worry, he plans to reapply. Let's go to the scoreboard! Team Game Night's in last place with $211.8 million. Team Devon Squad gets $90 million from Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw. And fifth place with $456.3 million. Team Average Drink is in fourth place with $775.6 million. Team Drunkards Gaming's in third place with $926.4 million. Team Ritual Misery's in second place with $1,008.4 million. And in first place with $1,257.8 million. It's Team Movie Party. That's your stream Team Movie Draft Minute. All totals are anchored as of August 10th, 2019. The only thing that that eases the pain of fourth place is that bomb-ass music in the back of that. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Uh, I'm just like, mm, that's okay, fourth place, fine. <laughs> that or knowing we didn't pay uh, $60 for a long shot. <laughs> it was a long shot. <laughs> Why do, I mean, at this point, they should just stop and be like, anyway, the winner is clearly... <laughs> well, I mean, we've had an interesting, like, we said that before but, when we were in second place. Like, well, we should just end it now and look at us now in fourth place. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot going on for the we're just, settling. We're, we're losing more, but, like, the first place has been first place for a minute now. Yeah. Uh, I do want to say, though, uh, who, got, who got Lion King? Drunk Kids Gaming. Yeah. Uh, Lion King should make none of the money. Oh, like I don't mean that negatively towards Drunk Kids Gaming. I just mean, God, like every clip from that movie I see looks awful. You should. Uh, Nerdist has a little video they did where they got a hold. They contacted every one of the animators from the original Lion King that they could get a hold of. I saw it. Was it okay? Was this the video where they put like the the eyes from the the animated thing onto all of the the CGI animals? No. Someone has done this. It's like they made a fan trailer, and they they took one of the trailers they did, and they just put they animated like the original eyes onto the the things, and it looks so much better because they can be expressive. Someone did a deep fake, like they used the deep fake software and t- pulled the faces from the animated thing and put it on for the new one. <laughs> As you were saying that, the yeah, it was like, oh hey. Um, so no, they got a hold of the animators and asked them, you know, their opinions. And the result, what was it? They got out of the thirty some animators they could track down, only four of them responded, and of the four of them, only like one of them went on the record with their actual name. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, to be fair, a couple of them still work, work in the for industry. Disney. They work for yeah. Disney or in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta gotta kind of keep your head down for that. Yeah, and they got their opinions on it, and some of them are like, where it's pretty much a shot for shot remake, and some of them, you know, take that as a slight against their work that they did in the past, and some of them are like, it's a, you know, it's kind of an ode to like it's one of the best Disney movies ever, and they they don't take offense to it. They're just they go on like, no, it's our work was so good that they felt you know they, they needed- couldn't improve on. Yeah. 
Which, yeah, I get that. But then, I, and then I under, also understand. Then why do it again? Money. They're doing it for money. Basically. But because the, it's like the it, theme parks are failing, so they have to do something because they dropped, you know, billions of dollars to make Star Wars land, and then no one's going. Well, that's because they put it in the crappy park. <laughs> I feel like there's various reasons on the Star Wars thing. So You put that in Disney World, I'll go. Just saying. I won't go to Disneyland. It's garbage. <laughs> yeah, no. It's garbage for garbage Disney people. It is. Uh, and if uh, you have a varying opinion on that, then we'll start a Disney podcast because those always rank the highest. Mm-hmm. Like whenever they give at us the very awards. Least, at the very least, we could talk about it on one of our Drunk Talk episodes. Ooh, we totally should. Get drunk and talk about Disney. God. Well, this is a good time then, <laughs> speaking of Drunk Talk about Disney, to remind everyone that we do have an additional show format now. Because um, I, I want to say new, but it's not replacing anything. It's just, oh, here's another one. Um, so instead of this type of show on a, a specific alcohol, usually related topic, uh, every other week now, we will be doing a drunk talk episode. So uh, the one, the, the beta episode that we did, which is on... Um, Endgame. Specifically Endgame, but also kind of Captain Marvel and kind of MCU <laughs> is is also up right now. And, uh, you know, there it is really long. Uh, it is the first episode. We didn't really set a time limit. We know we, for we next learned, time. We learned. <laughs> Bob, Bob got real drunk and he is sorry. Well, and we just, we need to, we know now to set a timer. Just generally, because if we start talking, we just keep talking. And that's, that's the thing. When you're drinking whiskey and talking. Yeah conversations go but uh we'll we'll be doing another one of those next weekend and then of course the weekend after that will be the next regularly scheduled topic <clears throat> and hey if you want to decide the title of those episodes you can join us live mm-hmm. on twitch to uh put your suggestions in yes. and uh in the post show we will decide what the episodes will be titled so, yeah, and those will be, I hate to say it, but it's always going to be at kind of a random time. All we can say is Saturday evening-ish. Yeah, it's always going to be uh, usually around this kind of time. It's easier to just get on Twitch and click to get the alert for when we go live. Yeah. And you'll know. There are, there are, there are other, there are tiny humans that are dictating <laughs> schedules. So yes, Makes things a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, what's less difficult is uh, maybe getting some untapped badges. Yeah, I've 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 I'm still in like news segue mode, so I'm like trying to hit those hard for whatever reason today. I don't know why. See the segue pounce. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but uh, first up, we've got Bell's Two Hearted Day 2019. Uh, Help us celebrate the number one beer in America from the number one brewery in America. Uh, asterisk, as voted by members of the Homebrewers Association, that vote probably didn't count Casey. Mm-hmm. Or if it did, he got outvoted. I think he uh, just the, got outvoted. <laughs> during the first ever national celebration of Two-Hearted Day, our IPA officially made its debut on August fifth, uh, 15th, uh, 1997. Uh, we were celebrating an, uh, all week long. Uh, share your love for Two-Hearted on your favorite social network. Cheers and thank you for your support. So Untapped has teamed with uh, their friends at Bell's for a limited Bell's Two-Hearted Day, excuse me, 2019 badge available for one week. 
check into one Bell's 200 IPA during the week of August 10th uh, through August 17th to unlock a new, all new Bell's Two Hearted Day badge, which I got during the last ep- during the last episode. Because hmm. nice. I had Two Hearted, and I was like, "Oh, we'll go ahead and check in." So this still just brings up uh, my bad blood that I'm developing with Bell's because since March they've been promising me a bottling of Double Two Hearted. Mm. Which here we're mm-hmm. sitting in August, still, mm-hmm. still no double two hearted in my hands. I mean, yeah. you know, they they just keep pushing it. Oh no, sorry, we we couldn't get it out to you yet. Here, here, we're we're gonna do it next month, and then the next month rolls around, and they just go quiet, and it never releases. <laughs> Need that double two hearted. When when will then be now? The that's the soon TM. <laughs> But, uh, well, you know who doesn't disappoint us, though? <laughs> See, now, segue. Uh, founders. Rarely it, do they disappoint, anyway. Uh, the, the disappointed me only, like, twice. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty rare. Look, let's just say the barrel program has been exceptional this year. And it <laughs> looks to only be getting better. And, if nothing else, it's entertaining. Because they just kind of want to barrel everything. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) well, this one doesn't have to do with barrels, though. So we do have a badge coming up for the, uh, one of the best beers, honestly, the All Day IPA. It says, make all day last even longer, which is a little weird to think about. Uh, It's the perfect reward for an honest day's work, an ultimate companion to celebrate life's simple pleasures and make them last even longer. Check into one All Day IPA by Founders during the month of August. So we've got a minute on this one, at least. And you'll unlock the all-new Make All Day Last Even Longer badge. You know, I have been looking uh, like for, for, for six-packs lately for just house beer, just mm. dinner beer, you know, lunch beer. Beer you know, something, beer. yeah. Just something I can have around. And, you know, all day is probably on my list of things. But I'm like, yeah. I can get a like, six-pack of that and not worry. You know, I got like Fat Tire or Voodoo Ranger from New Belgium uh so yeah there, there, there's there's some it just like I, I can't think of the others if unless i'm like in this you know in the supermarket or in uh uh in the the liquor store buying beer and then go yeah i can probably go through a whole six pack of that and not yeah that's a good point yeah fa- that that one is, is definitely one of those also b- before we move on to the next one i didn't read the bottom part here i didn't realize this was going on or maybe you forgot uh, it says, check in with founders on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and don't forget to tag your all-day IPA photos with hashtag all-day getaway contest for a chance to win a trip to Spain. Oh, well. I mean, that's fine. All right. I mean, now what, are you gonna, what are you going to see in Spain? Anything? I don't know. <laughs> it's freaking Spain. Well, all right. Uh, something that I was really sad about and then just now read the fine text at the bottom to know why so guess what time it is it's time for the seven cities tour 2019 from untapped seven cities 10 days even more beer untapped is hitting the road again starting in september we will be hosting seven parties in seven cities in a 10-day span want to come here get on the road again check in at your favorite local verified venue during the month of august we're keeping a tally of check-ins, and the winning cities will be picked based on the total number of verified venue check-ins. Uh, they have a list where you can view you know, who's in the lead. 
Uh, once the cities have been selected, we will pick the verified venues with the most check-ins at the end of the month. We are expanding our search for the top seven cities this year to Canada and Mexico as well. We're considering adding other countries in the future. Come out, have a beer, and meet up uh, or meet Untapped co-founder Greg Evola as he hosts an Untapped party at the winning venues and exclusive swag and giveaway prizes. It was really great. We got to meet with him last year when they came to Cincinnati, at, and we all went to uh, Mad Tree for the big party. Mm-hmm. It uh, it was fun, and I got to sit in on an interview with while uh, Gnarly Gnome got to interview him for Cincy Brewcast. And I say sit in because I was supposed to be there, and I think I asked like one question. Just sitting there in awe. Yeah, I was just kind of like mesmerized by the conversation. But yeah, that's, uh, that's when I discovered I'm a piss poor interviewer. <laughs> it well. was good. Someone who knew what they were doing was there. So uh, they have the you can ooh, let's see who the the live cities are for the for right now. Uh, Milwaukee is leading number one. Denver number two. Raleigh number three. Pittsburgh number four. Number five is Washington. Number six, Madison, Wisconsin. Seven, Minneapolis. Eight. Cleveland, nine, Nashville. What? That's what I'm like. Cincinnati. What? What are we doing? What are we doing? Like, how? How has it come to this? But there's this nice little note. The winning cities from last year's tour: New York City, Chicago, Cincinnati, Tampa, Portland, and Charlotte and Anaheim will not be included in the running for this year. Well, so they I mean, won't let... you don't want to like dominate it year after year. That does make sense. Because I was looking at this uh, earlier in the week, going, "Come on, Cincinnati! Is it because I can't go out and drink that much anymore? <laughs> Is that what's killing these numbers?" Yes. Also, yes. This specifically, what's wrong? So this is slightly comforting that I'm, you know, the workhorse it can't get out there and do it. So I, we can take the year off. It's okay. Uh, next, got to remember next fall, next late summer fall. I got to got to get out there. Got to get those numbers up. Get, these are That's rookie right. numbers, Cincinnati. We got to get them up. Uh, the training begins begins in uh, September when Oktoberfest starts, oh, yes. which is so much sooner than it should be. It's coming. I think it's only like a, a monthish. Dun, Actually, da, just da, a dun, month. Da, da, da. I feel like the Rocky theme should be played in like. Uh, um papa like a brass band thing <laughs> oh my gosh Why for for like dr- for like alcoholic training <laughs> i can hear it in my head actually the tuba and everything okay like the the, the da, 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 is like on accordion though so it's like it's like metalachi doing it kind of thing oh only gosh. yeah all right, um, well, this is where we used to do a news segment, but guess what? That spun out and has its own show, and you can go and check that out, where this week we're talking about uh, vodka pops at Costco and uh, nuclear vodka. A lot of vodka in this week's episode. Yeah. And also <laughs> talking about uh, Elmer T. Lee getting a 100-proof bourbon. From Buffalo Trace, a special special release for his hundredth birthday. Would would that he still that he was still alive? Yes, mm. he he sadly passed back in twenty thirteen. But this is this is in his honor, and you'll probably never see the bottle. I don't know. I don't know how much they made. Yeah, but uh, speaking of bottles and Elmer T. Lee, well, he didn't really have much to do with bottles and bond. 
Uh, Buffalo Trace, though, uh, OFC and E.H. Taylor Jr. Let, let's go ahead and get to the topic. Been up that truck. Cheeky bastards. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. So it should be said, uh, going into this one, a great, well, two great companion pieces that you could do for this uh, episode would be to go listen to the bourbon episode, which we were talking about a nice little soundbite. We have to cut from that one to use in future <laughs> episodes. That was a really good one. And you could also uh, listen to the Buffalo Trace episode, where because uh, you know one of the founders of the distillery that became modern-day Buffalo Trace, kind of a big deal in bourbon's history, kind of a big deal with Bottled and Bond. You're, look, I'm just saying, if you talk about bourbon, you're going to be talking about him at some point. E.H. Taylor Jr. comes up. Just, you know, fair the, warning. He's my, he's my colonel. <laughs> he's a true Kentucky colonel. Well, let's talk. Since we're doing it on Bottled and Bond, uh, let's kind of break down what that is. To be labeled as Bottled and Bond or Bonded, the liquor must be the product of one distillation season. January to June or July to December. Uh, buy one distiller at one distillery. None of this moving stuff around and working at one place. No. One. It's the Highlander of, of, of distilling. There can be only one. Uh, it must have been aged in a federally bonded warehouse under U.S. government supervision for at least four years and bottled at 100 uh, proof in the U.S., uh, which is about 50% alcohol by volume. The bottled product uh, label must identify the distillery where it was distilled and, if different, where it was bottled. Uh, only spirits produced in the United States may be designated as bonded. Hmm. So you're not going to be seeing any uh, any bottle and, uh, bottle and bonded scotch. Yeah, you know, there won't be a bottled and bond Irish whiskey. Just, just not going to happen. This ter- this classification, this this set of guidelines, came about way back in 1897. So, whiskey production in America in the 19th century was a little bit like the Wild West, meaning that there was basically no raw, lo- no laws, no regulations, and you were very likely to get cheated or even killed. Yeah, same right. Yeah. Uh, people were frequently making quick and cheap whiskey and coloring it with various chemicals to make it look right and then selling it to unsuspecting drinkers. Uh, you might like, oh, it's easy to get brown. Put some tobacco in there. Mm, right? Don't worry, the alcohol killer whatever is in there. Eventually, someone decided to do something. Some hero. Uh, Who is this great masked figure? And one of those people was uh, Colonel E.H. Taylor. In 1897, he and uh, other distillers uh, worked with the Treasury Secretary at the time to get uh, to get the law passed. The law is the Bottle and Bond Act of 1897. Uh, now, this wasn't entirely due to altruism. Uh, they did get some tax incentives for the uh, for following the procedures to uh, make the whiskey bottled and bond, like deferring taxes until the whiskey had finished aging, so they weren't being taxed while it was you know, at that time. Uh, plus, they got some help overseeing the warehouses they aged them, at least in the bonded warehouses. 
and uh, but it certainly allowed for a level of quality to become standard and provided a label that guaranteed you weren't drinking iodine, which is one of the things that they would color it with. Uh, or, you know, just anything, like poisons. Paint thinners. You know, anything that Cre- like... Creosote. Yum. <laughs> they just look go, oh, well, that, that, that'll give us the color we want, and they would dump it in. Mm-hmm. Now, Taylor and his associates uh, staunchly defended the purity of whiskey and against... Uh, 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 adulteration with additives. A rivalry of the, for the record books emerged between straight whiskey distillers and whiskey rectifiers. Rectifiers, like non-distiller products today, producers today, purchased distillate from other sources and then aged it for dubious periods of time, potentially tinkering with the finished product and adding flavor or coloring, and followed it varying proofs under the names such as Fine Old Bourbon. If you got to say it's a Fine Old Bourbon on there, it's probably none of those things. It's like saying genuine leather. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't mean anything other than it's the lowest grade of leather. Like saying you're you're a Burger King. <laughs> While a number of rectifiers produced honest-to-goodness whiskey, producers of knockoff bourbons flooded the market with their cheap, easy-to-produce whiskey and made it extremely difficult for straight whiskey producers to gain a foothold and eventually forcing many into bankruptcy. This is still not quite as bad as the time later during Prohibition, though, when it's like, here... Here's some wood alcohol. Oh. <laughs> yeah, when it was literally going, it was just, it'll get you drunk. Like, it's not the right color. Pour some shoe polish in there. Yeah. All right, so the avowed enemy of these practices, Taylor referred to, this is one of my favorite quotes. I got a couple of good E.H. Uh, e. Taylor quotes out of this. Uh, Taylor referred to neutral spirits, high wines, and alcohol as uh, the articles of foreign growth, not native to Kentucky, warning customers against purchasing fake goods. I, I love this man so much. <laughs> he, he is a true Kentuckian, and we should all aspire. <laughs> like you're in Kentucky. Oh, would you like some wine? I'm from Kentucky. I said Urban good it is. day. According oh, to, you, could I get you a nice gin? And you just, I was half expecting when you were saying this, like he's starting the quote, just go like, clear alcohols for rich, rich women on diets. Yeah, it's where it was heading. <laughs> According to his system of values, uh, honorable distillers simply did not blend their whiskey. And low-grade whiskey was never an acceptable substitute for the straight product. In one instance, after Taylor's split with uh, Leestown Distilleries, which was kind of what uh, the you would call Buffalo Trace at the time. Like, they just had this loose association down in Leestown. Uh, a Louisville rectifier began to sell a rectified whiskey called Kentucky Taylor. At the time... <laughs> he burned their distillery to the ground. <laughs> he burned their way of life to the ground. <laughs> a simple man would have attacked them personally. E.H. Taylor... Attacks their entire industry. Uh, at the time, there was no truth in packaging requirement, nor was there much protection against infringement. So what did Taylor do? Again, he burns down their way of life. <laughs> in order to ensure customers of uh, the quality of the whiskey they were purchasing, straight whiskey producers argued for a set of legal regulations regarding the bottling and advertising of bourbon whiskey. The practice of bonding warehouses had already been in place years before the 1897 Bottled and Bond Act came into existence, but the government had no role 
in what actually went into the bottle or onto the label. This act ensured that any whiskey bearing the name Bottled in Bond was produced by the same distiller at the same distillery during the same distilling season, aged for at least four years, unadulterated, save for pure water for dilution, and bottled at exactly 100 proof. We're, we're kind of going to beat that into you by the end of this. You, you'll be able to recite it. You're going to be murmuring it in your sleep. <laughs> Look, in fairness, once you get used to 100 proof whiskey, you don't want to go back. It is hard. Uh, once you <laughs> once you get to 100 proof or even some of the higher proofs, you're just it's really hard to go back down. So uh, the label also had to identify the distillery where the whiskey was distilled and bottled and carried a green wrap over the cork featuring a portrait of John G. Carlyle, which I think was pretty amazing. I had to look these up, and I had to check all of our bottles. So currently, the I, I want to look into it and figure out when this happened, but no longer is Carlyle on the uh, Bottled and Bond labels. Hmm. Which made me frown. I was like, have I been missing that all these years? No, no. His portrait was taken off. I want to know when and why. (laughs) The label also had to identify... uh, Oh, yeah, I already said that. I like to imagine imagine Carlisle's portrait was taken off due to them finding a a box of uh, compromising photographs in his (laughs) house after. I mean, you never know. Drinking uh, non-straight spirits. (laughs) This legislation, built on the earlier Revenue Act, uh, served to distinguish so-called straight whiskeys from those that sometimes masqueraded as straight whiskeys when actually they were diluted, rectified, or blended. The result was to hamper the efforts of counterfeiters and vendors of lesser whiskeys from deceiving unsuspecting buyers. Bonded whiskeys would safeguard the consumer from buying those beverages that resembled the real thing, but were, in fact, adulterated. And I love the fact that, like, every source I found just referred to uh, referred to those whiskeys as adulterated. <laughs> They're cheating on you with other whiskeys. <laughs> this act did not pass without a fight, though. Whiskey rectifiers argued uh, that this gave distillers an unfair advantage and caused issues for rectifiers who were purchasing an honest product from the barrels and barrels of whiskey they bought and bottled. So uh, not everyone was on board with this, even some big names. Isaac Wolf Bernheim, founder of I.W. Harper and a namesake of Bernheim Original Wheat Whiskey. You might know them today under the name Heaven Hill. (gasps) fought vehemently against the passage of this legislation. He argued that the art of blending spirits was at risk because of the act and allowed distillers to monopolize the whiskey market. Ultimately, he lost a footing in the debate, and the act went through when President Grover Cleveland signed the bill into law on March March 3rd, 1897. The bill represents a setback for the rectifiers and wholesalers who had accumulated profits by selling compounded liquors. They were denied the stamp. By the way, this was during the second uh, Grover Cleveland presidency. (laughs) Uh, During his weird interrupt. interrupt (laughs) Yeah, they were uh, denied the stamp and thus lacked the government's guarantee of a bottle's contents representing the real article. Uh, In colorful language, Taylor issued one of the most memorable statements in a debate that he was soon to win. 
I love this is a direct quote from E.H. Taylor Jr. Uh, it is an admitted axiom that quality recedes as cheapness advances. The ancient bourbon flavor has departed and the stomach groans under dominion of a new ruler. Jeez. <laughs> the, that's one of those, no one talks like that now. <laughs> maybe. But maybe they should. Right? Truly, truly he was a great man. And I had to look it up uh, at Buffalo Trace. For some reason, all the E.H. Taylor Jr. Uh, bourbons that they do, there is one that I do not know why, but there is only one that is not bottled in bond, and that is the E.H. Taylor Jr. Barrel Proof. Huh. All the others of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. <laughs> they have ten different E.H. Taylor Jr. bourbons. The other nine are all bottled in bond, except for that one. <laughs> Weird. I don't know what the issue is with barrel with. Yeah, I don't know what that one could be. Maybe they, I don't know. I, I don't even want to speculate because there's 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 a whole lot I'm not sure about. Well, uh, when the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897 passed with the help of John G. Carlyle, a U.S. congressman from Kentucky who would become Treasury Secretary during President Cleveland's second term, Taylor was elated. Violation of any of the law's provisions was regarded as a serious federal crime. Taylor and the distillers of straight whiskey had secured or had scored a victory against those who feigned the real thing and sold it at considerably less than the genuine product cost to produce. But. Big old but. <laughs> the Big old booty. The story was not over yet. Rectifiers and distillers crossed blades again during debates about the 19th. 1906 Pure Food and Drug Act, which sought to remedy issues in the production and advertising of food and beverages. This act defined whiskey as straight whiskey and all other products as imitations or compounds. A three-year battle ensued over the rights for other whiskeys to be labeled as such, not just straight whiskey. During this skirmish, straight whiskey producers even garnered the support of the Women's Christian Temperance Union. Get get that? The, the very people who were destroying all alcohol yeah. in the country were won over going, no, 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 okay, you're, you're good. You, you can stay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, the other option is it's, you know, uh, you could drink something that's at least whiskey or... yeah. Turpentine. <laughs> well, so they supported uh, straight whiskey because it was an all-natural product and therefore the lesser of two evils. <laughs> mm-hmm. See? Uh, they knew. Yeah. Ultimately, President Taft made the final decision on how whiskey can be advertised in America, which was released in December of 1909. As, it, uh, as is true with many bourbon sagas, prohibition and the popularity of clear alcohol uh, stifled the bourbon market, and along with it, the prevalence of bonded bourbon. Now more than ever, bottled and bond bourbons can be found on the shelves of most liquor stores. But all what? Um, but at what benefit to the consumer? So that that last question is: there are still hot debates about uh, what bottled and bond means today. Hmm. Should should yeah? Because there is some some thought of like I mean. We have other laws in the books now that kind of keep 
keep you from doing some of the the, the worst things. Yeah, the the D- things that does led... it still serve a point? Yeah, like is it is it past the time of bottle and bond? And for those reasons, I think it's yeah. For those specific reasons, the time may have passed, but it's still a quality marker. That was not that. I mean, that was part of the original intention of it, but it's not. <laughs> sad to say, it's not a high water mark. Hmm. Yeah. Like that is, it's kind of a low bar. And if you're not clearing this low bar, it kind of says something about the products you're making. If you have to lean on Bottle and Bond as a crutch, but it's still like to me, it does mean something. I've not had a Bottle and Bond whiskey that I didn't like. Like they are, like right. it is, it is guaranteeing you something. I mean, it, exactly. You know, the four things that it says clearly <laughs> by law, it has to be these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, there are other uh, bottled and bond spirits, of course. Bourbon isn't the only thing that can be bottled and bond. That is okay. the biggest discovery of this uh, episode <laughs> yeah. when doing our, research. It was like, wait, wait, wait. You mean to tell me it doesn't have to just be whiskey? Well, I was about to say, like, all right, fine. It doesn't have to be bourbon. You can have a rye that can be bottled and bond. <laughs> you can Not have, even whiskey. You can have a bottled and bond Tennessee whiskey. Go ahead, have your fun. <laughs> you know, you know what? That the, there, there is one. Like Jack Daniels does a bottle and bond. I'd, I'd be interested to try that. Well, they yeah, probably do. Uh, technically, any spirit that meets the criteria can be called bottled and bond. One can even sell a bonded vodka, although the code stipulates that storage containers must be metal, glass, porcelain, or paraffin lined. With the resurgence of whiskey and other aged spirits lately, distillers have been working to bring something a little extra to distinguish some of their products. Of course, you'll bottled and bond versions, or you'll find bottled and bond versions of (laughs) things like Jim Beam, but you can also find a bonded Jack Daniels, as we just mentioned. A little extra kick with all the usual sweetness of Jack Daniels probably isn't the worst thing in the world. There's also Christian Brothers Sacred Bond from Heaven Hill. A bonded brandy. There's something wonderful about taking something so French and putting an American spin on it. Uh, Privateer. Yes, France. Obey our rules now. (laughs) Uh, Then Privateer International also makes a bottled and bond rum. I want that. I want to try a bottled and bond rum. I think the rum and the brandy both actually sound quite fine. (laughs) During during some of our research for this, we found the the rum, and I was like, they have a bottled and bond rum out there. Neat. (laughs) <laughs> Just my feelings on it and how I want it served to me. <laughs> Precisely. So neat. Sums it all up. Basically. So, so, so well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, Bottled and Bond. If you wanted to know, you know, exactly what was there, yeah, uh, it's all because uh, someone tried to rip off E.H. Uh, e. Taylor and he He, he burned, wasn't standard for it. He burned them and their industry to the ground. <laughs> And made you know, his industry billionaires out of it. I was going to say, it's the more you know. <laughs> I guess right, the moral let's... of the story is don't piss off Kentucky businessmen. Don't, don't, don't piss off Kentucky distillers. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just a given. All right, so uh, let's dive into what we were drinking. Drink with me, friend. And for the first time in a long time, we're all drinking to style. Yes. 
Thanks to past episodes. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Every so often, we, we yeah, that's, that's, that's been a theme as the show has gone on longer. It's been less, what can I go out and buy, and more, what do I already have? Because we have a lot, it turns out. Because <laughs> we all are crazy. Um, so I am, you know, so we're all drinking style. I am drinking Rittenhouse Straight Rye Whiskey. Uh, and it is, of course, the bottled in bond. Um, so again, you know, not a bourbon. <laughs> it's still a whiskey, but not a bourbon. <laughs> um, Got your mash bill all mixed up there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I hadn't had this before. I, I like it. I, I actually, because I go back and forth on the whole rye thing. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not in love with it, but this is really good. Um, initially kind of burned a bit, <laughs> oddly. <laughs> But I, I, was gonna say, I, I associate rye with like a lot of heat. Yeah, there, there's oh yeah, there's rye's, definitely some of that going on. Rye's come in hot. But uh, but otherwise, you can also taste like I don't know some some grain. You can taste the rye a little bit, but that's not just like pure spice, but like the it, you can have it get, be a little more complex. Um, and and there's like a you're a, chewing on some malt with your rye. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a. a um, I always want to say spicy, but not that kind of spice. Not a hot spicy, but like spices. <laughs> um, that kind of that kind of quality to it. Um, not sweet though at all because rye. Uh, but I, I actually like it. Um, I would recommend. All right. Uh, well, I am drinking uh, a favorite of the show, uh, the uh, Henry McKenna Ten Year. Mm. Uh, it is bottle and bonded. Uh, it's from Heaven Hill. If you can find it, uh, it's their bourbon, and it is, of course, uh, 100 proof or 50% ABV. Uh, I don't know really what else we can say about this that we haven't already. It is, it is delicious. It it smells super sweet. There's nothing we can say about it that the uh, San Francisco World Spirits Championship <laughs> hasn't said about it. Yeah, it's it's real nice. Uh, it does it does mellow a little bit the longer it's been out though. Like I've been trying to hang on to the same glass the whole the whole episode, so it's it's still got the 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 kick of say a uh, uh, you know hundred proof whiskey, but it's uh, over time it's going to lose a little bit of that you know flavor. So you know don't don't try to sit there and nurse it all day. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, love me some McKenna Tenure. I have an unopened bottle that I do need to open. Because it's, yeah, when, when you get blindsided with the new price tag that's coming on the McKenna. Mm-hmm. Oof. Used to be sub $30, and now people are pushing it for 40 Just highway robbery. All right, well, uh, something that is still quite affordable uh, is what I am sipping on. The Evan Williams Bottled in Bond. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. One of my one of my favorite uh, more budgeted bourbons. So uh, this is the Evan Williams brand that is produced by Evan Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, so fifty percent, and you know we just told you everything about it in the episode. So uh, yeah, I think this is exactly what I drink for. Yeah, we did the tasting of this one on the bourbon episode. Hmm. Mm, okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no. delicious, and I mean a very affordable entry point. 
If you yeah. are curious about wanting to know bourbons and bottled and bond, you can get a bottle of this for like 20 sub $20 some places around here it's like about $20 but we live in the land of inflation because it is the land of bourbon mm. cobbler's children have no shoes here <laughs> if there's good bourbon we can't find it yeah because they don't sell it here they sell it elsewhere but yeah uh, it's I was still... talking to somebody recently actually about how he was in Canada and he found good bourbon from Kentucky there <laughs> because they shipped it to Canada and he had to... yeah. yeah and I was like yeah that sounds right that's, yeah, that's checks right. out. Um, you can still get like gallon jugs of Evan Williams bottled and bond. That's <laughs> crazy. I should buy it by that. Uh, yeah. Buy the jug. Is it, oh the big plastic jug? Of, no, it's just... it's not plastic. They're oh. glass. Okay. Oh, yeah. I was picturing something very sad. You could you could <laughs> take someone down with those bad boys. Seriously, <laughs> that's just good home defense. Honestly. <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> that's my that's, purse. That's my purse. <laughs> See pre-show for King of the Hill talk. <sighs> yeah, but that's an interesting episode. I, I think the biggest thing that stands out still is just like the wait. It can. It doesn't have to be whiskey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, let's let's find that bottle and bond gin. <laughs> that and you know, don't piss off E.H. Uh, e. Taylor Jr. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine a bottle and bond uh, uh, a tequila, though? Oh. Oh, my. You're on to something. You you can't because tequila has to be made in a specific region of Mexico. Oh. I just thought about that as I was saying it. I was like, wait, never mind. Yeah. Probably find a bottle and bond mezcal, though. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You go that route. But, I mean, you can already get amazing tequila, as we've seen. Right. Okay, well, uh, don't forget you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also follow us at haveadrinkshow on social media and twitch.tv. Uh, don't forget you can also tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com, or you can use the feedback page on the website. You know, Tell us uh, what what liquor you would like to see, Bottle and Bond. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, Please, everybody, write in uh, about what liquor... You want to see Bottled and Bond. I'm very interested for some responses on that. Or even if it's a whiskey, what brand, for that matter? What brand would you like to see, like, kicked up a notch? Old Granddad. Bottled and Bond. I think they make an Old Granddad Bottled and Bond, don't they? I have no idea. I have not looked. To the internet. (laughs) All right. uh, All joking fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone, please drink responsibly. Yes. All right. Well, you can check us out next Saturday for the new additional format <laughs> of the show. Uh, some drunk talk. We promise it won't be two and a half hours. We are going to keep it or under an hour. Going to try. Yes. Uh, it's well, going to be a gun to my head. <laughs> uh, and remember to check out uh, Patreon.com/slash Have a Drink Show if you like this content and are also excited for the other format. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>